Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Malima Shakira Hanja, here at Radio Islam International on Hayatun Tayyibah. And Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah, our program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoon. We are very fortunate today, Alhamdulillah, to be out here in Durban. And it is, you know, lovely Gloomy weather, but perfect weather so that we are not roasting. And alhamdulillah, we thank Allah to be able to move out, to meet people for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to, you know, develop together and to benefit, inshallah, ourselves and others, bithnillahi ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, I have been wanting to come out for a while. And Allah has been so kind, has brought us out quite suddenly. And inshallah, we make dua that this is a means of hidayah and a means of acceptance for myself and all, inshallah. Beloved listeners, you know, today, subhanallah, we are on the show going to be speaking to our sister and she is the founder of Valencia Hijabs and later in the show we'll be speaking to her and inshallah I hope you all enjoy this lovely 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 subhanallah interview that is inshallah going to inspire us all and take back a little bit you know, from ownership and our choices as you know in relation to our ibadah and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala particularly in our purchases and in our selling and for right now subhanallah in this segment of the show I have been you know looking and going back and forth trying to find what response do I do and do I give when it comes to this the whole incident and the and the uh, the earthquake that the people of Turkey and Syria are going through and subhanallah as we're scrolling through our feet our feet are flooded Allah was flooded and we are all putting up statuses on our on our you know pictures on our statuses people are re-forwarding and forwarding videos and our, our our intention is can I just do something? What can I do? And so when we come to massive moments like these and moments when we are challenged and we are trying to find our footing, what happened, and especially when it comes to the footing of our Iman, how do I respond as a mu'mina? How do I respond as a person of deen? How do I respond as a person who has so much of hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and suddenly this hope has been has been tested, subhanAllah. This hope has now suddenly, you know, goes through this moments of doubt. So there are different ways that we can respond. One of them, which is the, the, the response that shaitan promises us, that is the response of apathy. Shaitan wants you to get to a point where you say to yourself, uh, you know, there's nothing we can do. Things are so bad. There's so much, you know, all, all other organizations are doing things. We don't really have to do things. And he promises us, you know, he, he, he promises us this deception of you know, hopelessness and this feeling of uh, I, what you bring to the table is never going to help. It's a small, 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 small bucket in an ocean of water. Therefore, don't do anything. Then, subhanAllah, after, you know, he attacks us in this way, another way is that we become numb. And because we are watching so much and seeing so much and we are reading so much, we get to a point where we cannot deal with the difficulties that is going on. Become so numb to the information that is coming out that we quickly scroll by. We feel like, I, you know, especially the videos that are coming out are so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see those little girls and little boys and little, you know, subhanAllah, parents. I, I especially recently I saw a father and he was crying and he said, I have been kissing, I kissed his hand every day. And he's kissing his, the son of his, you know, the hand of his son who has passed away, kissing his hand and saying, I kiss, I used to kiss his hand every day. And it broke my heart when I saw that, subhanAllah. Having young kids myself, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's so, you know, that feeling of love and you know, that feeling of joy and you know, that feeling of holding that person close to you. It, it breaks you when you see how that is taken away, subhanAllah. Now, beloved listeners, you know, when we watch those things and when we see those responses, it becomes too much. 
becomes too much. So because it becomes too much, we then become numb. And this is where we have to step in with our iman and with our immense, immense protection of feeling that pain for the pleasure of Allah. It's a difficult thing to go through. It's a difficult thing, a difficult point to come to. Where you say to yourself that I want to feel that pain and I want to feel that challenge and those, you know, those videos, I want to feel it, not because of anything. You can't handle it. Sometimes, you know, it's better to scroll on. But I want to feel it so that I wake up that part of me that has been dormant. And what part of me has been dormant? That part that is motivated towards amal, towards good, to action. As a, as a Muslim ummah, we are an ummah of action. An ummah that says, how can I help? How can I build? How can we develop? How can we make it such that people get close to Allah? How do I get close to Allah? How do we develop our communities? How do we go through tests and challenges? And yet, subhanAllah, we become an ummah who is reactive. When things are going wrong, we are reacting. When things are happening, then we are reacting. But this is supposed to be propelling us to change, propelling us to look at what is happening and think, Ya Allah, my heart may be, you know, removed from you. My heart may be at a point where it's not attached to you, Ya Allah. So what are you asking? You are saying to Allah, you're saying, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, I am looking at this massive tragedy. Tra- tragedy. I'm looking at the test that has come. I'm looking at every single difficulty that is going on. And what am I doing, beloved sisters? I am reframing my mind to move from apathy, A, and B, to move from that feeling of hopelessness, and I want to move to doing. Now, when we say doing, what do we mean? Many of us think, send aid and send sadaqah. And yes, that is the penultimate. That is the point where sadaqah must be, must be happening at this moment. But what we can do if you are in a state where you cannot assist financially or you feel it's not enough is you start off with making dua by picturing those people that are going through the difficulties that they're going through. There are multiple losses in different forms. There are grandparents who lost grandchildren. There are grandchildren who lost grandparents. There are fathers who lost sons and daughters and mothers who lost sons and daughters. Sons and daughters who lost their mothers. Families who lost each other, subhanAllah. The recent death toll is something like 15,000. That is a massive, massive catastrophe. So making dua specifically, oh Allah, for those moms who are sitting there, subhanAllah, I saw a father screaming for his daughters and screaming and repeating and screaming, telling them, say something, say something. SubhanAllah, that feeling of, you know, those people who have passed away, you make dua for them. But the ones who survived, Look at them and make dua for them specifically. They have to live with this feeling that people that they love, the people that they were so close to them have gone. Then, subhanAllah, don't undermine and don't underestimate the fact that people have lost their possessions as well. And we know that possessions are worldly goods. But subhanAllah, these are the things that, that are part of our lives. They are the things that create our memories. They are the things that we attach ourselves to. And in losing that as well, some people might not have lost loved ones, but in losing their homes, they feel displaced. SubhanAllah, they were people who lived normal, normal lives. They lived in beautiful buildings. And suddenly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took this away from them. So incorporate them into your dua as well. Then subhanAllah, incorporate those agencies that are, in, are out there. The, the doctors are going through fatigue. Specify, specify, oh Allah, for every doctor that is going out there. Yallah, you make it easy for them. Yallah, for those doctors who have to be so strong, they have to be, you know, they're so tired. Yallah, you grant them from your strength. Aid workers, 
people who are taking humanitarian workers, make dua for them. SubhanAllah, there are people who are carrying tons and tons of flour and sugar. They're sending it to people. So we sit here. We are thousands and thousands of miles away. But we can undoubtedly do something quite important. And that is we can become part of that journey by understanding that it could so easily be us. So how am I, O Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how am I feeling for the Ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? The kuffar have showed us, immediately they have showed us. What have they shown us? They have shown us that in a time when we are going through such difficulty, such tests, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. People asked, where is Allah now on Twitter? See, we don't have to send our bullets. We don't have to send anything. We can, you know, they can die without that. And subhanAllah, they make you question your iman. But you and I have to come to this understanding that Allah is Al-Hakim. Allah is the wise one. Allah knows why he has brought this test. Whether you and I logically we can understand it or not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly why he sent this test. Allah knows how this test is going to build us as an ummah or how it's going to break us as an ummah. Allah knows why he allowed it and what is our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be spurred into action, action of salah, action of dua, action of istighfar. We cannot be an ummah who is being played with tests without saying, Ya Allah, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, Ya Allah. And then subhanAllah, finally, beloved sisters, we have to take action in the way that we speak. You know, a lot of people say, you know, this they're going through this because they are they were on the wrong path or they did something wrong or they did that wrong or this was wrong. SubhanAllah, we must be careful in times of grief and in times of chest, especially in times of mass grief. How we respond is of utmost importance. We cannot look at the variables. We cannot look at the circumstance. We have to look at what Allah says to us. When that affliction comes, we are only focused on one thing. Inna lillah. We go, are going back to Allah. We are going back to Allah. We are for him and we are going to go back to him. So when you reframe that and you understand that, subhanAllah, your entire life falls into perspective. Beloved listeners, we'll take a short ad break and inshallah when we get back, we are we'll be we'll be joining Sister Amina inshallah and dis- and discussing uh, something I think that is going to be so fascinating and inshallah I hope it means a hidayah for myself and for the Ummah at large. Barakallah fikum. Inshallah after the ad break. You will, we will continue with the discussion. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum jami'an ayyuhal mustami'een wal mustami'aat. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatun Tayyiba with myself, Malima Shakira Hanja, here at Radio Islam International. Every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoon, alhamdulillah. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for always granting us opportunity to benefit, to develop ourselves, and to build our Imani tools. Now, our hijab is something quite phenomenal and, and something that of a great ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a time where people are moving you know, with the flow and people are moving with the decisions of hijab throughout the world without taking into cognizance their principles and their cause, we have seen recently you know, the brand Valencia hijab, which is so big in, in, in South Africa, and alhamdulillah, it's a household name amongst many ladies, especially in the Johannesburg region. I know in Durban they have a beautiful store out in, uh, you know, at the mall there as well. And 
they put up an interesting post and I was I had goosebumps when I read that post. And today joining me on the line and to discuss this post a little bit more and to discuss the decision that they took as a brand, we are looking at how they took the stand against fashion norms to protect what is the sunnah and what is the you know the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have on the line Sister Amina Sheikh from the owner of Valencia Hijabs. Ahlan wa sahlan. Jazakallah for joining us today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you, sister? Alhamdulillah. And yourself, sister Amina, I know you are in, in the last part of your pregnancy. May <laughs> Allah make it easy for you. And thank you so much for giving us of your time. No problem at all. You know, this is a topic I love to talk about. So very happy to chat further on it. Alhamdulillah. So let's, you know, look at this uh, in South Africa. You know, the, the the beautiful thing right now is that you can go into a mall. We go into Santon City and Alhamdulillah, Valencia has a beautiful scarf there. So uh, when you go to Durban, they've got a beautiful outlet there. It's something of a massive change, especially like, you know, over the last 15, 20 years where you don't have to worry about, you know, specifically going to maybe Fordsburg or maybe going just to a, a, an Abaya shop. And, you, and we have Islamic way you know, moving and uh, coming into a mainstream malls. First and foremost, do you feel that this is a good place for us to start off? Is there a huge market for it, for, for the hijabs? Gee, definitely. So if you look at the global scale of modest wear, the market is actually worth $277 billion. It's growing at around 47% annually. One of the fastest growing um, markets in the fashion segment, you know. So Alhamdulillah, it's something that is doing well phenomenally overseas. And so when you have a look at that, um, it almost seems like a very, uh, it's, it's a lucrative decision for a business owner. But more importantly, um, and especially in today's day and age, it's more important for us to constantly remind everybody of the importance of Islam, the importance of, you know, dressing modestly, etc. And if so, mm-hmm. you, if you have that at the, you know, intention and the purpose of why you're basically entering modest way, then inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will always make sure that risk will come to you. Because the intention, you know, for us launching Valencia first and foremost was to be basically inspire the young girls of today to adopt hijab, mm-hmm. to make it something so beautiful, um, you know, that when they come into the store, they have no excuse to not wear hijab because right. we have every single, you know, color. And then I said, let's add things to make the hijab um, easy to wear, like your magnets and your undercaps and this and that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's basically, you know, um, it's a growing market. And if you have the right intention, inshallah, then um, Allah will make it very easy for you to be able to become very uh, established within the market. SubhanAllah, I love that so much. And just on that note, I want to say to you, you know, my go-to eat presence is always a box of your Valencia scarves. My <laughs> siblings and I, we we four siblings and we uh, often are raiding each other's cupboards <laughs> and we're just moving them across. But I see my niece, you know, she's quite young mm. and she's fallen in love with those. She's, and you know, that, that very difficult age where you are not yet, you, you barely, but you, you're nine, ten years old, you're not yet confident, yeah. your body confidence. And it's so difficult to say, you know what, what is the right scarf for a child? She's literally a child, you know, and she needs to now cover mm. her body and according to the end. And this is what I love, 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 subhanAllah, is that you don't, you know, the Quran tells us that these scarves are supposed to cover your zina. 
your 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 hijab yeah. is supposed to cover your adornment. And just yesterday, I was wearing one, and it was literally, you know, my entire shoulders, my back, you know, everything is covered. I I, I felt so comfortable wearing it because of the of the size. And I'm sure, you know, using that much of material must obviously cut out a lot of the. So 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 is it like a definite decision behind this of making the scarves? A, you know, making them fun. I love the fun colors. And mm-hmm. B, you know, the size of them. Are you? Are, do you have a team that's just making this decision? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I myself, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm Abu Hijabi and um, I found it also in my young days of campus and that sort of thing, always struggling to find the right texture of hijab, the right, um, you know, uh, pattern, colors, things that suit your skin tone, etc. And so, therefore, when... Um, when uh, you know, when I used to go to work and uh, at my corporate job, etc., I used to really, you know, like go out of my way to find good hijabs to match. And a lot of people would always ask me, you know, where do you get it from? How do you make it, etc. And um, it's so important that you know you get the size of it right, the texture of it right, so that it's a non-slip, etc. It's there's a lot of um, very much attention to detail that we put into every single collection um, and it's reflective in the price. So it, you wouldn't say that it's the cheapest hijab around, but it's okay. definitely worth the value, you know, because yeah. it's a high it's a high cost for us to make it, but we also make sure that we pass the value onto the consumer. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Um, yeah, so that's why the, 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 the fabric and the drape of it, the non-slip of it, we test every single hijab before we put it into the marketplace. So I would then, you know, get the sample cut, wear it for a while, see how it fits on my head, see how it sits on my sister's head, for example, get feedback from my team. We do a lot mm-hmm. of testing and mm-hmm. we're very, very um, finicky about our attention to detail when it comes to launching it. And so therefore, right. alhamdulillah, you know, every range does well because we know that we are confident it's been tested and, yeah, um, yeah it's, you know, inshallah, it will do well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I love that. And especially you can notice that you are, there's different opinions coming in because you have scarves. Like I know in our family, some of us like the crumb, some of us don't, some of us like the, you know, the chiffon, you know, so it's, it's sort of like for every, yeah. every color type, there is something different, alhamdulillah. So, yeah, um, every so, uh, person, hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. So when you are now, you know, going from a small business to a store, right? You know, it's, it's somehow easier to run your, your business from a home rather than going to stores overheads. There's so much more out there, right? Did you have some fears, you know, when you're jumping in and taking that step? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, um, just a bit of my background, I have uh, uh, 12 years of working in the FMCG industry um, in Maybe. companies like Unilever and MassMart and RCL Foods and all of that. So my job was to build brands, uh, you know, that was my Correct. day job. Robertson's right. and Knorr and, you know, launching campaigns like MasterChef and all the fun stuff. So right. I used to build a lot of brands for these companies and do such amazing marketing campaigns and, you know, it it always had an impact on people. And then I always thought to myself, like, you know, but what is the bigger purpose here? And what is, where is the the purpose for our deen? You know, what is the impact in our deen? Like, these brands don't do anything for me for the Akhira, you know? And then, so therefore, I thought, let's just, let, let's just rather focus my attention to do something that will have purpose and impact on the Muslim community. Because more and more so, you, you, there, there's so much of, like, Western culture and ideologies being pushed down our youth of today. You need a brand that stands for something and stands very proudly and strongly for that and, and which 
which says, you know, we stand for being Muslim, we are proud of it, and we will talk about Islam and the beauty of Islam and all of these things, and, and you know, uh, be very single-minded about it, you know. So that was the intention and the purpose behind it. And because I had, alhamdulillah, that experience in the background, it almost was like a no-brainer for me because it said, like, it was almost like, okay, you've got the experience, A, but B, more importantly, you have the conviction to be able to have an impact on society of today, to have an impact on young girls, to be able to show them that being and wearing modest wear is a thing of beauty and to celebrate it at every opportunity on social media. You know, we we go out there and when someone wins, uh, wears a Valencia, we proudly talk about it. We talk about the, you know, the difficulties in wearing hijab today. We speak about the religion of Islam. Just yesterday, we posted about this girl that converted to Islam and about how beautiful her journey was. So it's a very holistic approach to the young girls slash, you know, women of today. Um, so Alhamdulillah, you know, um, going into this decision from a small business that started off in my room, um, in a little tiny room, definitely, you know, whilst I was working a full-time job and then eventually launching it into a mall store, um, there were fears. There definitely were fears, but... Um, like I said, when you have the correct intention, then, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it all just falls away. It falls away because you know you're doing the right thing. You know, you're doing yes, it. Yes, subhanAllah. It's a You know, the calmness you get in your heart when you are doing things for the pleasure of Allah in the way that Allah wants it to be. Um, so, 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 Sister Amina, this takes us to the post that brought, as you know, Alhamdulillah, allowed for this conversation. And I'm so grateful to Allah for allowing us to have this conversation today. You posted, you know, on your on the Valencia page, you, why we no longer sell the undercap with the attached to volu- uh, volume, uh, volumizers, that is, right? So, I'm going yeah. to, you know, just read a little bit from it from our listeners so that those who might have not read it, they are aware of it as well, right? So you have um, spoken about, when you posted this first and foremost, I think I saw it just as you posted it and I I had goosebumps as I read it. I literally had goosebumps because, you know, over 2,149 people liked this post Thank and you yeah. posted the hadith and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, there are two types of people of hell whom I have not yet seen. People with whoops like the tails of cattle with which they strike the people and women who are clothed yet naked, astray and leading others astray, with their heads like the humps of camel, leaning to one side. They will not enter Jannah, not even smell its fragrance, although its fragrance may be detected from such and such a distance. Allah Akbar. And so you wrote there that in this hadith, a camel's hump, which are tilted, refers to women's hair, their hair styling their heads by tying their head scars or their cloths that makes it into a sort of a tilted hump. And you you know, I, I love the fact that you said that this is the reason, this has brought your attention, and so this is the reason that you've decided not to re- to, to restock this. And I'm sure this was a bestseller, alhamdulillah. So I want to ask you now, um, when, you know, taking that blow, as Muslim people, a lot of times we are put in a situation where, you know, there's halal, there's haram, there's a middle line, and we sometimes feel like it's okay. How did you make this decision? How did you come to this decision? Can you take us through it? Sure. So, I mean, we, we launched it because a lot of customers used to always come into store and ask us for the undercap with the attached, you know, volumizer. And so we were like, no problem, let's make it. And, you know, I myself used to wear it with the, you know, the volumizer as well. And then um, 
I came across something once on Instagram. It was so weird. That is why I say like, you know, Allah works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. I promise you, we, we launched it. And then a week later on my Instagram explore page, a hadith came up that same thing about the camel hump, you know, situation. And I read right. it and I was like, oh my God, like, okay, that's, we haven't heard of this before. Um, so I did a bit of more research, you know, just, I, I actually just Googled a bit and I spoke to a few mu'alimas as well. And then it was clear as daylight that, you know, there is doubt about this. You know, the, yeah. the, you, the tie tie, it's a sort of Im, uh, imitating a camel hump and it's not acceptable. So what I did was immediately, so it's sold out within four days, I think, in store. Immediately we decided not restocking it at all because of the fact that it's, you know, it's it's not acceptable in some, obviously Allah knows best. And so um, what happened was we kept getting demand for it and people kept asking and I said, I have to do the post to basically educate everybody as to why we decided not to restock it because we could have easily, you know, said, hey, it's got a good margin on it. Let's just restock it. But then again, it comes back down to the intention of the business. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing something for the pleasure of Allah, you have to, in Islam, alhamdulillah, that's the best thing about, you know, being in an Islamic business and being able to run it according to your own ethos and values is that Islam mm-hmm. is so clear it's so simple, mm. so easy. It's just black and white. There's no gray area. And we, we unfortunately, because we sometimes don't like a law, we then tend to fall within the gray area of things. So, for example, mm. the, the trend nowadays is halal-friendly restaurants, which we know right. is not something that is even, it cannot exist because of contamination, cross-contamination. I mean, you know, go into the kitchen and, and have a look for yourself. You will see the cross-contamination. Mm. So when there is doubt in your head as a Muslim, if there is doubt, you immediately say, okay, fine, I'm, I'm leaving it out. I'm not going to even, you know, the fact that Allah SWT has made you aware of it via some way, like he made me aware mm. of it. I'm 100% sure he put it, I mean, he made me aware of it, you know, via that explore page. I came across it at least for a reason because, mm. alhamdulillah, we are now a very much influential voice within the modest way community. And so therefore, um, we have to take a stand against something that mm-hmm. we know. You know, Mimi is, is fashionable. Girls like to wear the style. I mean, I know even wearing that style was looking nice on me, etc. But then at the end of the day, you don't want to be able to, you know, suffer uh, later on because of that, uh, you know, a mod, because of a, a material thing that you've um, now created a trend that you have, mm-hmm. you know. So, so for okay. me, it was just a matter of a black and white. And uh, I would just say to everybody is that if there's a doubt of anything, you know, mm. um, in your business and stuff, then just rather leave it out. And I promise you, um, the sawab that you will get from Allah SWT mm-hmm. just for making that decision will be, you know, tenfold even more than the margin you would have made on that product. And you have okay. to have that jekini and you have to have that conviction that Allah SWT, I'm making this decision purely because I know it's right and I know you will reward me in other ways. And those other ways can be seen in, you know, we then created. So, so you know, my, my advice to the other businesses out there is they say, okay, this might sound very like... Um, unrealistic because what happens then you know oh what about my profit what about my margin my sales the feet in my store you have to think of it like like this which is you know you 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 have the wakil in Allah SWT and then you tie your camel so tying mm-hmm. your camel means doing something that's very functional um that's your plan b so for example you know that's when we introduced the the hijab shape as kanji which basically gives your hijab some shape but you don't tie it high. You have the flexibility of tying it low, you know, so then it doesn't appear to be a, a, a um, you know, a camel hump. So for example, mm-hmm. when a customer comes into the store, 
and asks us, um, hey, we'd like, uh, you know, the, the volumizer. We say we don't have that. We don't stock it for this reason. But you're more than welcome to have a look at our hijab shaper. Um, it provides the hijab with some shape, but it doesn't tie it in as high as a cam- camel. The, the other one is attached, so you have to wear it high. This one is not attached to any undercap, so you, right. you have the flexibility, you know. So that's, that's what I, I would know. say. That's tying your camel as well, yeah. Yes. I just want to interject then. I just want to say, you know, there's a beautiful hadith that Nabi Sallallahu tells us, you know, al-ismu mahaka fi sadrik. That sin is that which creates that doubt in your heart. And anything mm-hmm. that brings that doubt, like you were saying, when you feel that, and whereas when you leave things to the pleasure of Allah, you feel so calm. You don't even feel like you have any, yeah. you know, it's just you know, that, that worry just goes away because you know you're doing it for Allah. So when things are, you know, making you, you feel a bit nervous, you feel, I, I don't feel comfortable going out in this hijab or this abaya. So listeners out there, Take those things that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making you feel that way because that is not for you, subhanAllah, right? A mm-hmm. and B, my beloved sisters out there who are listening to this, it, it's not as difficult as it might seem. It's all about saying to yourself, like Sister Amina is telling us, is that making the choice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sister Amina, you know, nothing, when you, when you decide to do something for Allah, it doesn't just, it's not like, you know, plain sailing. It's not something, obviously, they are, they, it comes with challenges. How has the response, though, been from the public? So uh, I promise you, when I put that post out, I did not expect such a positive reaction. You know, I, I honestly thought that it would, you know, cause a bit of uh, like friction or some people might, you know, not like it. But the public loved it. It was the yes, highest leaking post we've ever done to date. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I'll tell you why. Um, and I learned so much also after putting out, you know, they respected the fact that we did our research and that we truly mm-hmm. care about them and that we're not out to make a quick buck, you know. Um, so, so they respected that. They appreciated that, okay, they, they now know, okay, there's a team behind, uh, you know, Valencia, which there is, there's a team of eight of us now, alhamdulillah, we've built up, you know, from, from just being me. But, um, so they respected that every single, uh, you know, product we launch, it's not just, okay, let's see how we can, you know, milk these people for the most amount of money. No, it's always going to be uh, with your best interest at heart because mm-hmm. the customer is queen in our eyes. And mm-hmm. it will always, it, we will always sell something that we know um, abides by the religion, is modest, etc. And these customers, they appreciate our attention to detail. And more importantly, you know, um, they are the reason why we are where we are today is because they've received everything we've provided, you know, with the love. And it, 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 for example, as well, you know, there always some customers ask about, you know, turbans, you know, like when are you guys launching turbans? And it's, it's just not something we will do because, uh, you know, we've also read a lot of things about it not being fully considered hijab, you know, because it doesn't cover right. the neck, etc. And so therefore mm-hmm. our, my assistants will, you know, very gladly tell them that we just don't stock turbans because we don't deem it as hijab, etc. You know, so um, these are not laws that we've created. It's just stuff that, I mean, I'm no muallima um, or anything. It's just stuff that I've learned and educated myself on the way. Because when you're mm-hmm. in an industry, it's your duty in the yes. eyes of Allah, it is your duty to make sure mm-hmm. that you are doing the right thing for the sake of the customers. You are you are making informed decisions. You are providing them with products that they are not going to get sin for. Neither are you, and you just don't mm-hmm. want that heaviness on your shoulders. You know, so, yeah. so, so Stavina, you know, I I'm literally getting goosebumps as I'm listening to you. I'm sure this is an inspiration to so many of our sisters out there, to our listeners out there as well. Inshallah, our young girls out there, our budding and aspiring entrepreneurs, and this is what I want you to leave them with. Sometimes your business and what you are doing where your decisions you have to make, sometimes it's going to take you out of that comfort zone and you think to yourself, no, I just mm. I 
just have to say yes. But the reality is you don't. You stick to your principles, Carla. So what advice do you have for those ladies out there who might know that what they are doing is on the borderline? Maybe it's something that Allah doesn't like and they are afraid because of a sale. What advice do you have for them, Shall us wrap up? To wrap up, it would just, just be always just have the wakal and, you know, and tie your camel. Just do that. If you do those two things, then, you know, Allah SWT will always be there by your side. And, um, and inshallah, if your intention is correct, you know, it, it, will, it will work in your favor. Yeah. So that's my, my, my advice. Have the wakal and tie your camel. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Sister Amina, make a lot of dua that your Baba, inshallah, is born with afia, inshallah, and Allah gives you a happy baby who sleeps through the night inshallah and also <laughs> I, I also just have a small one so i know they're feeling very well Allah will make your business grow with afia and inshallah may you continue to be an inspiration for us all out there inshallah please keep us in your duas and inshallah you have a blessed rest of your day inshallah Alhamdulillah, listeners, we were just speaking to the, the founder of Balenci Hijabs, Alhamdulillah, Yad Hayat al And Alhamdulillah, from Alhamdulillah, we've been truly inspired. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, you know, to um, make this a means of hidayah for myself and for all of you out there. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us about those tujar, those tradeswomen and those tradespeople who are as-saduq al-ameen, they are trustworthy, they are honest, they understand, subhanAllah, how to fear, they have the consciousness of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what we are learning. So may Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept, inshaAllah, and jazakallah khair for joining me on this beautiful afternoon, inshaAllah. We'll chat again soon, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, barakallah feekum. Don't forget me and the ummah of Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.